Aloha Mission Church. What a joy it is to uh, join with you again and, and be together. I, I, I saw people walk in uh, as the service began and some people from Hawaii that I recognize and I just want to say aloha and kumostaka. Uh, Happy birthday, John. <laughs> what a joy it is to have you all here and um, to, to uh, enjoy a day together in the Lord. As Evie said earlier, I also want to express my deep, deep, deep appreciation for everyone who came to our fall festival uh, night. That was so much fun. Wasn't it? Amen, church? I had a great time. All the families that I encountered were just saying, what an amazing evening. Over 500 people on campus. It was great. Just shout out to Renata and Beth for the, the spearheading all of that. I don't know, Heather, for putting out all of the, the promotion for that. For our Ron and George. If you guys haven't met Ron and George, they're our, our custodial help here. And, and they were here all day and all night to help us. If you see them, just hug them. <laughs> they may not appreciate that, but wow, I was so blessed by them. And Evie and, and all of our preschool teachers, thank you for all that you do to help families make connections into Mission Church. So good, so good. Now, this past week, um, I was over in Oklahoma at Southern Nazarene University, and I got the chance to speak at Southern Nazarene University for their Spiritual Deepening Week. And I got to meet for the first time a former pastor here and uh, Dr. Keith Newman, who's the president at SNU. Some of you who are longtime members of the church remember Pastor Newman. And I think I got a picture of Keith and I. And I brought greetings to uh, Keith and um, Dr. Pastor Newman. And, um, and in turn, he said, hey, would you send my greetings back to Mission Church? And so there's your former pastor uh, bringing greetings to you. And, uh, and, and he has Mission Church close to his heart. We got to enjoy breakfast one morning together and shared with me some beautiful things uh, in his heart about his good time that we got to spend here. And so I um, wanted to make sure that you guys uh, knew um, that Dr. Newman said hello. So We are in a sermon series called Growing, and um, I'm continuing in that. And today... My focus, just so we, we just put it right out there, is growing in prayer. Okay, it's, I'm going to talk a lot about that today, what that means. And, um, and before I get into that, I'm going to um, just make an, a couple of assumptions about you. Okay, I know it's kind of dangerous to do that, but I think I'm on track right here. Now, because you are here today, I'm going to make the assumption that two things. Number one, that you love Jesus. That's why you're here. All right? Am I I'm on board? Can I get an amen? All right, good. And, and the second assumption I'm going to make is that, that you love Mission Church, if, if you're a regular attender here. Okay? That you're here because you love Jesus and you love Mission Church because today is Sunday. You could be anywhere. Right? You could be at the beach. You could be at the zoo. Or you could be at any church. But you've chosen to be here. And so my assumption then is that you love the Lord and you love this church that you have chosen to be here today. Now, if you're a guest with us, and I see quite a few faces here, um, some people that are joining us maybe for the first or second time, I want you to know that there's a lot to love about this church, right? 
This, this is a, an amazing church, and I'm honored and blessed to, uh, to be the pastor of this church. I'm going to make another assumption about us, okay? And that is this. If you love this church, and that's my assumption, that we are, we're all here because we love, we love being here, we love the church, the, the second assumption that I'm going to make is this, that you want to see our church grow. You want the best for this church, right? This is your home. This is your church. You love the people. Amen? Oh. <laughs> Come on. You love the people, right? Amen. And you love the pastor. <laughs> I set you up for that one. But, but you love the church. And if you love the church, you want to see the best for this church. Amen? Do you want to see the best for this church? Yeah, it doesn't matter if you're a college student or if, you know, you've been here since the beginning of the life of this church. Your heart and your desire, because you're here, you're investing your time in here. You want to see God's very best for this church, for our church to grow in health, right? Because we're talking about having a healthy church. And in doing so, see this church grow deeper in our affection for God and for one another. To see our church grow in the way that we can communicate Christ and share the gospel to the world. And if we do well at those things, we will see the empty chairs that are beside us filled to overflowing. Because that's what's going to happen when our church grows healthy. We will grow naturally. Now, that assumption that I have that you want to see the best for this church. You want to see this church grow, okay? Now, if that assumption is true, then what would you say? What would you say uh, that would make this church become healthier? What would help Mission Church grow healthier? Okay, I'm going to ask you to finish a sentence for me. If Mission Church would... Blank, right here. If Mission Church would blank, we would grow healthier and grow closer to God. I didn't prep anyone for this question. If this, this question is the first time you're seeing this question, you can process it. Now, some people have already thought through this, and they think, I know what Mission Church needs to do. If, if we want to become healthier and we want to grow, this is what the church needs to do. Answer that question for your own heart. Okay? Got that in your mind? If Mission Church would blank, we would grow healthier and grow closer to God. The reason I ask this question is because in the Bible, this question is already answered by God, right? Well, maybe I'll say it another way. God has his own if for us. It's the passage of scripture that I ended with last Sunday before we finished off the sermon on humility. Right? Growing in humility was last Sunday. And, um, and it's from Second Chronicles chapter 7, verses 14 and 15. And I'm going to do something I don't normally do, but I think it's appropriate for today. Would you stand with me as we read the passage of Scripture today? Thank you. Thank you. And, and you, can, you feel free to read it with me, with your, with your audibly or just in your heart. But let's read this passage together. If my people who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sins 
and will heal their land. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. I have chosen and consecrated this temple so that my name may be there forever. My eyes and my heart will always be there. The word of the Lord. Thank you. You may be seated. And so, this is God's answer to the question that I had for you. If Mission Church would just do this, we would be healthier and we would grow. Well, God says, I got that. You know, if my church that is called by my name will humble themselves and pray and turn from their wicked ways, I'm going to heal you. God answers this if question for us. And so God begins that if with if you grow in humility. If you grow in humility. And we talked about that last Sunday already. So if you missed that sermon, go back. You can watch it on, on our website or on YouTube. And, and I think that's the first thing that God calls forth from his people. And being humble, growing in humility for us, I want you to know, church, it's not an option. You know why? Because it's ingrained in the mission statement of this church. That is a part of our mission to, to, of who we are. And I'm going to continue to pound that hammer so that everybody knows what the mission of our church is. The mission of our church is to authentically love God. Right here. Humbly serve one another. That's the part where we're talking about today partly. Right? Grow in humility. If, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. That, it's not an option. It's a part of our mission. It's who we are. And also, it's one of God's if statements for us. If you will humble yourselves and pray and seek my face and turn from your wicked ways. But, but humility begins the whole process. And so, church, my prayer is that we're all actively engaged in finding ways in our heart and life to be, as we talked about last Sunday, like children. They have the humility of children that, that Jesus gave us the beautiful example of. But along with growing our humility, God desires that we pray, right? If my people who are called by my name will pray, and you say, phew, that's good, Pastor, because I pray. And that's good. We all should pray. I believe every single person that walks into the doors of our church, we're all praying people. We pray somehow or some way, and that's very, very good. Everyone prays. But I'm going to show you an analogy of something that I, I think. I don't know if I have this down right, but I think. Prayer. I got everything here. Prayer, and because I enjoy golf so much, prayer is like putting. And I have a, my, my ping putter here and a golf ball. Hey! I love using golf analogies. <laughs> Prayer is like putting. See, this is breaking left to right right now. No, just <laughs> And the reason why I say prayer is like putting is because, Becca, if I gave you this putter and I asked you to take it in your hand, you don't have to. But <laughs> and I say, come here and, and hit this golf ball. And if there's an X right there on the mark, okay? And I said, hit the X, hit the ball onto the X, and, and you putt it, right? You can say, I can putt, 
if I put this golf, this, this putter in anyone's hands, you will say, Psh, I can putt, right? We all can. But not everybody can putt well. I mean, just a little five-foot putt. <laughs> oh, well, we'll just let it go. <laughs> just a little five-foot putt is difficult to make. Pros only make it like 50% of the time. Okay? So everybody can putt, but not everybody can putt well. And we might say everybody can pray, right? And dare I say this? Hmm. Can, can a pastor say this? Not everybody prays well? I say that as a person who doesn't pray well all the time. My confession to you is that very often when I pray, and I, and, I, and I experienced this just a moment ago as we prayed before the service, when I pray, sometimes my prayers fall short of what I believe God asks us to do in prayer. Okay? And I'll make that confession. You see, most of my prayers, most of my prayers are about asking God to do things for me. And I dare say that's most of your prayers as well. And they're not bad prayers. They're not bad at all. Dear Lord, bless this person. Father in heaven, heal that person. Lord God, protect that person. Lord God, bless me, help me, forgive me. Do this, God. Do that, God. Father in heaven, my prayer is that, that you bless the service. Help us grow. And all we do is we pray and ask God for things. Just before we began, we, we met outside, and, and I wanted to pray without asking God for anything. And it's hard to do. You know why? Because that's how we're ingrained to pray. We're, when we hear other people pray, that's all we hear. Tr try it for yourself. When you pray, try not to ask God for anything. And you can't. You'll start to pray, and, and before long, you'll just say, Father, even the, the mere forgive me is already asking God to do something for you. And again, those aren't bad things to do. But I want you to hear me when I say this. If our prayers are only about asking God to do things for us, then there's growth that needs to take place in our prayer life. Amen? I, I know that this is a hard word to hear. <laughs> but... I tell you, as I have planned and prepared this message today, it's been a hard message to write. Because as I'm putting these words down on paper and I'm processing this, and I'm like, Lord, man, I'm speaking to me. Because I have some growing to do. And we know that prayer is not just, you know, everybody can pray. But not everybody prays well. And in Matthew chapter 6, Jesus gives us some examples and he highlights uh, some, some people that don't pray well, right? Before he gives us the beautiful Lord's Prayer and as, as a model for prayer, he, he, he teaches us a couple things about how you ought not to pray. He says, there are some people that pray to be seen. And, and this is what Jesus says, don't be like them. 
They pray on the street corner because they, they want the adulation of others. The, the, their reward is in hell. And he says this again. Don't, don't be like them. Then he says also, there are people that pray and they use all, many words thinking that the more they say, the more God will hear. But God already knows what's in your heart. Don't, don't be like them. And then I'm reminded <laughs> that you can pray poorly. And that not all prayers are prayers that, that honor God. Because when I pray, sometimes all I do is ask God for things. And I come to realize that. And I want to change that. Because when God says his if statement, it has nothing about asking anything of him. He said, if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face. So different, so different than how I normally pray. And so, I want you to know that prayer is not a performance. And prayer is not all about just talking and, and, and just saying more words to, because that doesn't make a difference at all. Jesus says, don't do that. And this is not an exhaustive list of things and ways not to pray. Jesus gives two examples. And then, Two examples of how people pray poorly. It's, it's a hard issue, right? It's a hard issue. And then Jesus gives us the beautiful example of the Lord's Prayer. And then he says, this then is how you should pray. And the beginning of the Lord's Prayer really highlights the priority of how I believe maybe our lives should grow in prayer. It, it acknowledges God for who he is to us. And it glorifies God. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That's how the prayer begins. And then he says, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. You know what it doesn't say? My kingdom come and my will be done. Because that's how I pray. God, do this for me. Help this person. Again, Hear me when I say this. Those are not bad prayers. But if that's all we do in prayer, then we have some growing to do. Amen? Amen. We do, church. And so, the first request, the first request in the Lord's Prayer is for God's kingdom to come. <laughs> not for anything I want. And for God's will to be done. Not my will. And, and I want to highlight that and make it known to you. But then, Jesus does help us to know that when you do pray, there are requests to be made. Give us today our daily bread. Forgive us of our debts as we forgive those who have who, uh, forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation. Deliver us from evil. There are requests to be made of God. There's a place for that. But asking God for things shouldn't be the first thing we do, the main thing we do, and certainly not the only thing we do when it comes to prayer. So let's turn back to our Second Chronicles 7.14 passage. And let's look again at how God calls us, his, his if statement. What does he want from us, right? If my people 
who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray. Humble themselves and pray. Oh, I love that. Because God calls us to humbly pray and to pray with humility. And I would even dare say to pray for humility. <laughs> I need that. I need that a lot. And, and it's, I, I, I learn from examples. That's why I love Jesus, right? He sets the example for us in so many ways. I say this again and again and again. The reason I love Jesus so much is because he never asks us to do anything. He doesn't himself first do. Whether it's washing feet, forgiving others, loving your enemies. He does all of that. And then he says, you should do it too. I have set an example for you that you can do what I do. And so Jesus gives us a teaching, a parable. And in this parable, it's about prayer and about the attitude of our heart in Luke 18. It's the prayer of the Pharisee and the tax collector. You guys know this story. It's a parable, so it's a story, but he's teaching a lesson. And he says there's a, 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 a Pharisee and a tax collector, and they come to pray, right? And the Pharisee stood by himself, and he prayed. And this is his prayer. God, I thank you that I'm not like other people. <laughs> robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I give a tenth of all I get to the poor. But the tax collector, he stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven. And he beat his breast and he said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. You, you, you see the contrast of of humility and of arrogance and pride. And Jesus said, do you know who went home justified? The tax collector did. And Jesus says this powerful thing. He says, all those who exalt themselves will be humbled. And those who humble themselves, they are the ones that will be exalted. God's first if is that we humble ourselves. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves. And the second F is that if they would pray, if they would pray, and as I said earlier, all of us prays, right? But I wonder if we all pray well. I, I need help in that. So what should we pray for then, Pastor, if, if, if we're not to just ask God for things? What should we pray for? Well, our passage tells us Pray to seek God's face. Now, we've got to be really, really careful when we talk about seeking God's face because that can be a dangerous endeavor <laughs> when, we get, when, we, when we get to understand what praying face-to-face -face with God is like. But isn't this the area in life where I think we can grow the most when it comes to prayer? Praying to seek God to know God more, to hear from God, allow God to change our hearts. Let me ask you this question. When was the last time you prayed, Lord, have your way in me? Lord, what can I do for you? As opposed to, Lord, do this and this and bless and heal and help and encourage and strengthen and do all of these wonderful things that... that we pray for, that's good. But when was the last time we truly sought out God's face? 
So the, the, the danger here, the danger here in, in seeking God's face <laughs> is this. The, the Hebrew word for face is ponim, okay? And, and that's what the word is used in Second Chronicles 7, 14. My people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my ponim. The thing we have to be careful of is that that word ponim also means presence. And that's really, really important for us to know. Because in Exodus chapter 33, there's a beautiful story about understanding God's ponim. Moses had just come down off the, te- the, the, the Mount of Sinai, getting the Ten Commandments to share with God's people. And while he was gone, the people built a golden calf, an idol, which violates the first command that God said not to do, right? And so God is, God's not happy with his people. So he says to Moses in Exodus 33, get the people and go to the promised land. But I'm not going with you. And, uh, and Moses said, God, if you don't come with us, then don't send us. And in and, and verse 3 says, I will not go with you because you're a stiff-necked people and I might destroy you on the way. That's how upset God was with his people. <laughs> like, oh, you guys. Oh, right? <laughs> and, and Moses says, God, if you, if you don't go with us, then, then, then don't send us to go. And, and, and Moses pleads with God. And God hears, hears Moses' pleas. And God decides to go. And, and then here in, in uh, what's the next verse there? I got it in my notes here. <laughs> in verse 14, the Lord replies, My ponim will go with you, and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you, and I will give you rest. I've heard what you said. Okay, I will go with you. My presence will go with you. But, but Moses wasn't, I don't know if he wasn't convinced or he wanted assurance. And so you know what he says to God? God, show us, show me your glory. Let me see that you're going to go with us. And God reassures Moses, my goodness will go with you. My, my presence will go with you. But then in verse 20, this is what God says. But he said, you cannot see my panim. For no one may see me and live. So seeking God's panim, his face, is a dangerous endeavor. It really is. And I'll explain why in just a moment. But it's not just the face of God, because no one will see God's face and live. We're really seeking to be in the presence of God. And when God says to us that my if, if, my desire is that, that you seek me and seek my face. You pray and seek my face. I want you to understand what God is saying. See, Armando, there, there's just a few people in, in this place that you will allow to come into your face, right? I mean, it, there are close talkers that we know, and sometimes they invade our space, and it's a little awkward. You're like, oh, you know, there's that. There's that. But then there are people whom we love, that we're intimate with, right? The people we truly care about, 
and have a relationship with. That when they enter into our presence, we give them permission to come into this space right here. Because we love them. Not, and I know you love your pastor, but not every one of you here will allow me to come into your face. Which is a good thing. We want to reserve that for the people who are closest to us. Amen? Church, God invites you into that space for him. He desires this intimate relationship with his people. And he says that if only my people would would humble themselves and enter into and pray. And as you pray to enter into this this space that I'm giving you access to because I love you. Oh, that's the desire of God. That is his big if for us to have this intimacy, this close relationship with us, the proximity that God allows us to come into, not to destroy us because we've seen his face, but to be intimate with us. Because he desires for us to experience the fullness of who he is. And when we pray, we have that access to it. But you know what the problem is? And I'm going to use an analogy that we're all familiar with because of COVID. (laughs) You know what the problem is? Zoom. (laughs) Can I get an amen? Sometimes we pray the way we Zoom. You know, when, when, when Zoom came in, nobody knew what it was, and, but we learned quickly. And we learned quickly that Zoom can put you, well, you can see the other person, but you're not with them. And you can communicate, and you can get a lot of stuff done. You know? You can get, you can get your, a degree in college just through Zoom practically doing online courses. Businesses have have become remote and and, and you can get a lot of things done through Zoom meetings. Lots. But everyone will tell you that the one thing that is not there without a face-to-face interaction is that it's not personal anymore. Definitely not intimate. And when we pray, so often, we're praying like we're in a Zoom meeting where God is up there and we're down here. And all we're doing is we're just lobbing up all of our prayer requests to God because he's not here. And here's the other danger of the presence of God. And this is the good danger. That when we're in his presence, that's when we're changed. That's when we're transformed. That's when, when we experience God in this personal way. Where we're, we're like in face-to-face with him. When God allows us into this intimate space with him. Wow, that's when he captures our hearts. 
and our lives are no longer the same. And that's dangerous because we can't be the same people we were after we meet with God in that beautiful, personal way. And that is what God desires most of all from us in our prayer. God's God's intention for prayer is that my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face so that we can hear from heaven, that he can hear from heaven and and forgive our sins and, and heal our land. And it says his eyes will be open and his ears attentive for the prayers that are offered in this space. I believe that promise. I believe that promise, church. God wants us to seek His face and to know Him more so that we can know His heart and we can know His will. And when we know His heart and we know His will, then then we can pray for those things, for God's kingdom to come and His will to be done. And that is our request of God. And we can enter into this intimate space and experience the fullness of his love and be transformed by his love so much so that we can start to become more like his son Jesus and live our lives to share the good news of the kingdom of God just by who we are and how we live because our lives have been transformed in that powerful way. To love like Jesus loves, to forgive like Jesus forgives, and to live a life of holiness that God desires from us to grow in health, to become the kind of church that God would have us to be. And so, church, what I'd like to do is simply invite you, invite you into this life of a growing prayer life. Growing prayer life means not just praying more, but that would be good, but praying better. We all pray. We can all putt. Not everybody putts well. <laughs> Not everybody prays well. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I said that, but I'm a living example of that. I got to do better. And so I've put on here to, the invitation for you to join us here at Mission Church in the times where we gather to pray. And this is important to me because I don't think that we'll ever become the church God would have us to be if this church is not growing in prayer. Amen? It's true, church. It is 100% true. So on Sunday mornings at 8 a.m., we meet in the courtyard. And I've extended this offer to as many people as I can. And some people come and join us. And that's good. We value every person that comes to join us. And we want to invite you to be a part of that as well, too. On Sunday mornings at 9 a.m. in room 203, Cindy Stockwell, she leads a group called Moms in Prayer. And they pray for families. If, if, you, if you need prayer, you tell Cindy, my family's going through a hard time, she will pray for you. Some people have joined our church because of this group, because it's active and growing in this church. On Monday mornings at 12 noon, um, Angie Serrano leads a prayer on Zoom. Now, hear me when I say this. This is not the Zoom prayer with God. This is Zoom so we can pray together, but, but pray for the presence of God and long for His face. 
And then on Tuesday at 8.30, she does the same thing. And what I want you to know is that sometimes it's hard to find out how to get involved in that. So beginning today or tomorrow, we will publish this on our website. And there will be a little link that says prayer and birth. It will list all of it. But if you want to join in on Tuesday at noon because you have time at lunch, and you want to pop in there to join Angie in prayer, just find that link, hit it, and join in. If you can have time on Tuesday morning at 8.30 via Zoom, do that as well. We also have a center of hope right outside our doors. If you ever need prayer after the service, and, you know, everybody's so self-conscious, I don't want to come to the altar, it's a stigmatizing, then go find Pastor Paul and Holly who's standing outside. They would love to pray with you in our center of hope. And now here's the uncomfortable part. <laughs> I'm going to start a brand new time of prayer. Tuesday mornings, 6.30 in our sanctuary. And you say, 6.30, Pastor? I'm sorry. What did I say? A Wednesday. Yeah, it's going to be Wednesdays at 6.30 in the morning. Wednesdays. 6.30? Really, Pastor Gordon? That's uh, inconvenient. And I say to you, yes. Absolutely. Prayer was never meant to be convenient. And so if you want to join us, when we come here, we're going to do our very, 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 very best to pray and seek God's face. I'm going to have things to help us to do that because it's hard. I guarantee you, you go home today and just spend five minutes in prayer and try, try to ask God for nothing. You can't. <laughs> you can't. Just seek his face. Try to just seek his face. It'll be hard. But that's what we're going to do on Wednesday mornings at 6.30. And I'm not going to twist anybody's arm. This is an open invitation. And the reason why we make these things available is because last Sunday morning, and you can blame all of this on John Irwin. <laughs> Just kidding, John. <laughs> last Sunday morning, John Irwin and I knelt right down here at this altar at 8 a.m. And as I was talking to John, I said, John, so good to pray with you. And you know what John said to me? He said, you know, Pastor, it's hard for me to pray by myself. You know, when I pray by myself, it's so easy to get distracted. And, and it's, it's, just, it's just hard. I do much better when I pray with others. That's why I come at 8 a.m. And I said, good to know, John. Thank you. And I dare say that many of us are like John. And it's hard to pray by yourself. We get it. That's why we invite you to pray with others. Would you come and join us as, as we endeavor as a church to grow in our prayer life, to humbly seek God, and, 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 and to pray and seek His face to know Him more? That's my prayer, that you would join us and be a part of all that we're trying to do to become more like Jesus in our lives, to grow in health and humility and in prayer. And so with that, as we close today, I'd like to pray, right? It, it would be silly for us to close and not pray. But I'd like to do this in a unified way. So please stand. Reach out and grab a hold of the person's hand beside you. And then if you don't mind, span the gaps. Just kind of reach over and, and grab a hold of the hand of the people beside you.
And I'm going to come down and join you in prayer, but I'm going to close us in prayer. Church today, let's live out God's gift for us. If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. God says, I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and I'll heal their land. Bow your heads with me and join me in prayer. Father in heaven, Today, we glorify you. We thank you, God, for being our God and for having dreams for us, Lord God, not just to leave us where we're at, but you say, if my people will do this, oh, because I love this church and I want to see the best for this church. That's God's heart and he's sharing with us the way forward. So my prayer is, Lord God, you grow humility in us And you grow us as people of prayer, Lord God, to seek your face because we know that when we are in your presence, God, we are transformed and no longer the same. You are here today, Lord. Begin now. Transform us. Transform me. And there, here I go again, Lord, trying to pray without asking, and yet that's what happens. We keep asking. Can't do it. Help us, Lord. Help us to Seek your face. We want to know you more, dear God, so that eventually, Lord God, your will can become our will and that your kingdom becomes the kingdom that we want to grow. And so today, my prayer for my church, for your church, Lord God, have your way in us. Do what you want to do in us, Lord God. Move us, change us, mold us, make us into the people that you would have us to be. Inconvenience us for your glory, I pray. And as we close today, Lord, we want to change the the way we pray. So in closing today, Lord God, with our hands united, holding hands with one another, our hearts united, our prayers today, Lord, what can we do for you? How can we know you more? Lord, forgive us for asking for so many things. But we know, Lord God, we're asking well. We're doing our best. But we just ask, God, that you reveal your face, your presence to us. Thank you for inviting us so close to be so intimate. Transform us by your grace, we pray. In Jesus' name. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord turn his panim towards you and give you peace. Go with God. Have a great day.